Hello and welcome to Start Set. His name is Ed Sylvester. And his name is Sam Bradley. And welcome to the podcast that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Ed, what are we covering this week? Sam, this week I am feeling wet and wild. We are oh, talking God. Tritons. Okie dokie, buddy. Well, before we begin, I just want to shout out to everyone. You can check out the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. Boom. You can check us out on Instagram, Start a Set on Twitter at Starter Set Show and Starter Set Podcast on Facebook. So, Ed, we're going under the sea, I assume, Tritons. Under know. the sea. Yeah. Don't do the accent. That's... Definitely don't no? do the accent. Okay. We're going there. <laughs> That's where we're going. We're going under the sea. Actually, Sam, we're actually going to a different plane of existence. Is this plane of water? Uh, yes, I mean, that's that's well well summarised there. Yes. Um, yeah, so here we have the Tritons. So they initially, right, eons ago. In oh, the mists of time. 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 Exactly. Um, basically, time, so, time. <laughs> so, Tritons initially lived in the elemental plane of water. There they uh, were... <coughs> Uh, interlocked in an epic war between Tritons and all other sea-dwelling baddies. We're talking uh, Krakens, uh, a race called Sahugians, Sahugans, okay. uh, which are kind of like shark, um, shark people. I think that's the best way to describe them. They're a little like bit street different. sharks. No, not like street sharks. But I love oh. street sharks. But I wish they were. <clears throat> no, not street sharks. Think of them like um, oh, they're difficult to describe. They're, they're actually really good because they are that difficult. To, they're so different from anything else. Ultimately, okay. So there was a big old bust up. Yeah. So, th- so they basically were continually having fights with this sort of uh, the elemental plane of in the elemental plane of water uh, with all of the evil entities that lived in there. And we're not talking like oh, I, I hang around on the coast. We're talking depths, deep, deep down. Blah blah blah. Millennia past, right? They've they've developed this um, culture that is militaristic. It's continually all about warfare. You know, you've got your your, your castes, and that, hey, we're the uh, tridents guys. We're the net guys. We do all the underwater. You know, we do the training of the lobster riders, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the the vibe. And they're basically they start noticing. Hang on, all the things that we've been fighting, they're sort of disappearing. And not because we're casually murdering them. They're, they're sort of... They're, they're going. Where are they going? Anyway, they send out scouts. They send out whatever. Their feelers. And it turns out that these evil baddies and all that sort of thing have been slipping through rifts in the planes of existence. And they have transported themselves over to the prime material plane. Oh, right. Our world. Yes, exactly. Now, the Tritons, being fundamentally good, um, mm-hmm. they... Uh, as far as their personalities go, tend to be flawed, but we'll get into that. Being fundamentally good, hop, skip, jumped, went over there as their duty, which is what they see it as, to go and, you know, continue the fight, protect mm-hmm. others against the the horrible, horrible things that live in the bottom of the ocean. I uh, like tritons, because I fucking hate sharks. Carry on. Right. <laughs> there we go, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, so... That's, so that's how they've sort of appeared in uh, in the prime material plane, right? 
and mm-hmm. if you're an adventurer, that's probably where you're going to be coming from. Typically, because of where they're located, right? Which is, if you think about it, it's like the crevasses and the fissures and the in the gaps of the earth, the real deep, deep oceans. Kind of like Pacific Rim type thing, that that sort of rift under the ocean or yes. the Mariana Trench, something like that. That's a really good shout, actually, because the thing you have to remember is we also have in in D and D, and if you go back to our elves session. There is a subrace of elves, but it's just sea elves, right? Mm-hmm, and you've kind of mm-hmm. got to go like, what's what's the difference, right? These are two bipedal, these are both bipedal races. They can live and breathe underwater quite happily. They've got this. Uh, there's some other abilities that kind of link them together, but how does that separate? And I think it's about depth. Um, literally. Yeah, literally, not about sort of how much they feel and how much they talk about their feelings. Uh, <laughs> No, it's about actually we are the people that you never meet because we're in that 71% of the Earth's water that is, like, unexplored. Kind of like what if the Abyss met Men in Black. Okay, yeah, I get that. If you've seen both those two disparate films. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So because of this, there's a couple of elements that kind of get ingrained into their characters, right? Mm -hmm. So first of all, we know that they're a militaristic society that they're continually scrapping, they're continually fighting. Oh, actually, before I do that, we should probably go through their uh, mechanical elements, thinking Ooh. about it. We'll do that, and then I'll go into the next bit. So, mechanically interesting, they get ability scores, uh, increases of strength, constitution, and charisma. Um, and that's only nice. of one. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, they age, so they get to reach maturity at 15, and they live to about 200 years old. Jesus. Um, well, yeah, quite useful, especially if you're a militaristic race, right? You know what I mean? Like, you're at fighting, fighting age pretty quickly. You're, you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, they're a little smaller than your base humans, usually around 5 feet. Uh, walking speed is 30 feet, but they also have a swimming speed of 30 feet as well. Which, you know, is Makes kind sense. of a given anyway. They can breathe air and underwater. Nice. Uh, yes, which is very nice. And here's some really good stuff. So, interestingly, the... You remember uh, Furbolgs, right? And they're these sort of protectorates of the forest. And they're, they're all about the deep forest. And you've got, like, mm-hmm. wood elves and they're slightly different. This is kind of interesting as it reflects that quite nicely with elves and sea elves and elves and tritons. Sorry, sea elves and tritons. There we Mm -hmm. go, got there in the end. So in that, furbolgs are kind of deep, deep forest and because of that, they get sort of a lot of magical elements around that. Um, Yeah. Tritons, deep, deep ocean, you know, that kind of stuff. They have some magical elements and some interesting points that kind of mirror that of furbolgs, but with a uh, aquatic twist, basically. I like that. I think that's really cool. And instead of being all sort of, hey, man, it's like, I'm going to stab yes. you. I'm going to cut your eyes out. Yeah, they're very opposite in that sense as well. So they've, they've mm-hmm. gone opposite hippies. Um, Fascist. Do you, know, do you know who's a really good character trait, except make him less evil, um, is Black Manta from... Aquaman, DC. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's probably quite a good one. You know what I mean? So, so as as an idea, as an idealist of of those kind of things. Obviously, he's a little bit mental in terms kind of kind of like bad guy. Yeah, kind of like um, oh shit, Killmonger of the sea. If you know what I mean? Yes, yes. That's a really good way of doing it. Killmonger of the sea. Yes, nice. Um, so those magical elements look like this. 
So regardless of your first level base, when you begin, uh, you control air and water. So this uh, manifests itself in the ability to cast Fog Cloud. Useful. Which, which is a very useful spell, especially when you're sort of starting out and you might want to avoid combat a little more rather than get into scraps. Uh, third level, you can then <coughs> cast an element called Gust of Wind. Okay. Um, and then at fifth level, which is much better, you get an element called Wall of Water. Uh, which sounds exactly how it is. Now, this is a bloody good little spell, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, if, if you guys, if you've only got the player's handbook or anything like that, you won't find Wall of Water in there. It's actually part of Volo's guide, which is where you'll find the Tritons. So, if you're sort of just getting into the game and going, hang on, I can't find this spell, that's why. Um, you basically conjure up a Wall of Water on the ground at a point you can see within range. Uh, it's got a range of 60 feet. It's 10 feet high, 1 foot thick, um, or you can make it ringed, so Jesus. It's around you. Yeah. Now, the really great stuff is you can basically use it to block things like spears, arrows. Um, you can obviously deal, uh, if anybody tries to do fire damage to you, that gets halved. There's a lot of really good little elements that just basically you get. Okay, I see a finger through the Skype. Go. <laughs> Question. Yes. Tritons. So say that, for example, you weren't in somewhere, you weren't in a campaign that lends itself to water, but you decide to play one because they kind of play well on ground as well. Is it that you have to be near water to use spells like uh, Wall of Water, or can you carry like, you know how, um, um, oh man, her name's fallen out of my head, the waterbender in Aang, she has, that, she has like that uh, flask of water that she opens and she can use the water out of that to do her thing what's what's the rules there? I think that is purely um, up to your DM, personally. Hmm. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, per me personally, Dungeons & Dragons tends to work the best when you have as much stuff thrown at it. So I would say, yeah, that's fine. You want to you wanna cast that spell, you manage to pull uh, the, the uh, oh, micro right, droplets yeah. in the air and then you, you coalesce them into that wall of water that sits in front of you. I like that. I might okay. do it that way. Or if you know, if you think it's actually kind of a cool thing that your character is always carrying around this gourd of seawater or salt water, brilliant. And mm -hmm. you know, that might be an element where actually you're going through a desert and you're going, right, I need to get hydrated. And he's like, oh, sorry, this is just salt water. This just reminds you of home. And everyone's going like, fucking try and come on, man, help us out. Um, Can you take the water out of the salt? We don't have a water problem. We have a salt problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that element. Uh, there's a thing called Emissary of the Sea, which is your... Uh, your Talk base fish. Yeah, it's your Aquaman. Yes! Right. So you, you can obviously make Aquaman as, as straightforward as you want, because it is pretty much that. Um, so what yeah, you can communicate... Like? they got webbed fingers and stuff. Yes, they do, yeah. So think of them as blue, blue, green, you know, they the, reflect the depths of the world. I might also make them slightly um, translucent. Kind of like... Kind of like Abe in uh, Hellboy. Remember the water dude? Yes, Abe in the Hellboy is a great example. Um, yeah. I might make them slightly translucent because if you're reflecting kind of like deep sea fish and things like that, that's quite cool. Make their mm -hmm. eyes massive because they deal with light, lower light levels and things like that. That might be interesting. Deep uh, just sea. From, yeah, maybe not a full angler fish <laughs> kind of thing, but maybe, maybe if you're playing um, a slightly more flamboyant triton, maybe a triton bard, they might have... Um, you know, and they've got the thing on the head, but instead of a light, it's a speaker—not a speaker, but like a, a horn. 
I don't know. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, exactly. I was going to ask. Remember we did um, oh man, Tabaxi, and there's like lion Tabaxi and panther Tabaxi and tiger Tabaxi. Are there like shark tritons, anglerfish tritons, depending on what class you pick? Are there like like whale tritons? Do you know what I mean? You see what I'm trying yeah. to get? Depending well, on remember... class, because you just said bard would be good yes. for an anglerfish, so maybe a warrior infantryman would be like a great white shark triton potential go, i would go um what is it not clown lionfish for that sort of thing because then you've got all those spikes and spines and things like that but to to answer your question when we were talking the tabaxi stuff that was actually sort of a, a homebrew suggestion so that's not that's not out of the book if you remember correctly so yeah you can, it, hey once again i encourage people to make their own homebrews if they want to go down that that line of things and you think that maybe your tritons do get affected by where they are and where they grow up and it's obviously over millennia great i mean yeah evolutionary everything happens and it's over a long period of time so i don't see why not mm-hmm. um they get elements called guardians of the depths where because they've adapted to the most extreme ocean depths they have resistance to cold damage makes sense it's nice uh they can speak read and write common and primordial which is the you know yeah, language useful. of the elemental planes basically <clears throat> right so we've kind of that's mechanically how they play we've kind of done a little bit of cultural but let's get back into cultural um now the thing with tritons is because they're doing this continual combat this continual scrappage and fighting they've kind of developed a, a high sense of worth let's call it that or self-worth we are the we are the protectors we use you, you you land dwellers you don't know any of the shit we've dealt with yeah you yeah know what i mean i or, like that. oh Oh, you're fighting lions. Cute. You see that thing out there, that kraken that would skin you from mouth to arsehole? I kill that for breakfast. So exactly. Stop putting your shit in the river. So it's, so this this is some elements that you can actually get when it comes to role-playing, is actually how do people, because the, these guys are so um, remote and difficult to reach because they literally live in, in so in uninhabitable areas... Mm-hmm. finding these people and having conversations with them is going to be strange and it's going to be strange to them coming back out again so I'm a triton and I walk up onto land I assume that everybody I meet should know the stuff that I do and kind of be thankful for it but they have yeah. no idea so you've got this very hoity and they really lend themselves to that sort of um, atypical paladin kind of vibe you look at their stats and their mm-hmm. stats are, are, you know, their stats work really well with the paladin anyway, and all their all their style casting, strength, and constitution boosts that works really well. And if you think about it, that's constitution boost. That's probably because they're coming from a point where there's pressure around them continually, so they're probably going to be oh, built of course, a bit yeah. And that obviously also probably influences their height as well because they're slightly shorter. But if one goes onto land, I'm thinking a little bit Superman here. So mm. say you've been living at four thousand feet below sea level. Yes. You're going to be jacked. When you make it onto land, you're going to be quicker than everyone else, stronger than everyone else, better mm. reactions. I mean, or at least have the, that perception, right? Okay. So, you know, whilst, yes, I agree in in, um, in the Superman example and everything like that, maybe there's some elements where, okay, you coming out of the water, yes, you can breathe there, but it's harder for you, so you actually have some limitations put upon yourself there. Mm. You know, it kind of trades off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, I'm just pulling some sort of limitation there to make that work narratively to the mechanics. Which, you know, hey, that's 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 what you do as a DM. Yeah. Don't put me in a box, Ed. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> that's where you get the most creativity. Especially when you're in a box, because nobody knows if you're dead or not. You are both dead and alive. Schrodinger's Ed. <laughs> Schrodinger's Ed. Also Bon Jovi as well, apparently. Um... <laughs> So we have the, that element. So they are typically walking around going, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, and you should you should tell me about that. And I get be that. grateful and thankful to it. You know. So they might speak in maybe maybe the way that they've learned common is through uh, like old scriptures. So they're always like, Hark ye peasant, doth your boots not touch the ground that you worship me upon? I I don't mm. know. I'm you know I like I mean? this. Another yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the Thors. It's the um. It's the oh, I thought of a really good example of the sort of. Uh, it's it's Drax, right? It's the way that Drax responds to things. Doesn't understand humor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And he, the, you know, a Triton might be somebody who says, "Ah, oh, if something flies over my head, I would catch it. My reflexes are way too fast." Mm-hmm. You know like what that. I mean? Because yeah. they don't understand um, colloquialisms and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a little bit around uh, how they run from uh, role-playing point of view, that kind okay. of thing there. Um, but we still have to remember that whilst they are still... This is the thing, right? This is where they walk that line between the paladin thing, because they'll still rush into battle headfirst and protect those weaker than themselves. Okay. Which they obviously always see as land dwellers right yeah yeah yeah. because why wouldn't they because they've been dealing with a whole host of nonsense in the plane of water and then again fighting the beasties and the kaiju yeah yeah, i get that um so when it comes to actually sort of uh, a cultural point of view when it comes to okay how's their society built we've got to think heavy heavy militant um Influences. Uh, mm-hmm. I would personally be looking if you're going to if we're going to go sort of old school and look to other areas. I'd be looking at things like uh, the Roman Empire for one. That's good. Specifically, um, all the Spartans. All the Spartans, exactly. Um, around that front, just as a as a point of, or or you go the full aerial kind of thing and go, that's the king. This is how we run. The other thing to explore as well and think about is actually how they build their cities. Are they... Um, coral. Yeah, are they coral? Are they natural <laughs> elements? Or are they sort of like bizarrely technological mar- marvels? Kind of like... Undersea Wakanda. Yes, yes. Undersea Wakanda. Oh, that's actually... Yeah, if we look to Marvel and DC for influences on this as well, because they are so obviously really useful for it, you've obviously got um, Aquaman from that point and if you actually look at the Flashpoint uh, series where Aquaman and the uh, the Amazons and what are they called? The Aquaman people. Oh Jesus. Uh, Aquanites? I can't I can't remember someone's going to shout at me but I'm going to call them folk? I don't know sea folk? Fine. The the Amazons and the sea folk go to war and basically the humans go holy fuck this is terrible they've got these crazy bits of um, technology that they've just had floating around in the bottom of the sea forever. So mm. that's that side of thing. And then actually, if you go to the Marvel side of thing, you have you have those wars between Wakanda and um, Asgard. No, not Asgard. Neymar. Namor. 
<laughs> Neymar plays for Neymar? PSG, man. <laughs> Not Neymar. Neymar. <laughs> yeah, the Submariner. Right, yeah. so um, Atlantis. There it is. I've remembered it. Atlantis. So you had those wars between um, those two sort of technologically um, impressive or whatever kind of areas. Maybe you could even do that as an ex- exploration between um, Furbolgs and Tritons. Uh, no, Furbolgs are all right, man. They're just in the woods. Yeah, like they're chill. all about peace and love. But as soon as you start going like, no, we don't like forests. We want oceans over this. They might get a bit jippy with that. Yeah, that's true. You know, nothing's worse than when a good man goes to war. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, potential adventure hooks, I guess, for, for Tritons and, and, and how you can go around that front. Maybe they've been sent to go and gather some Tritonia, because that's that's the city that they live in now. Um, some some Tritonian relics that should not have been out there. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they are portal openers to the uh, elemental plane of water. And if you open those on land, then the elemental plane of water just starts pouring (laughs) out the ocean onto there. So go and find those and stop that, because that's going to be some real bad shit. Yeah, 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 I like that. That's quite a fun one. Uh, Tritons, that's Tritons. Sam, are you ready to open up your character box? Always. Always. All right, hit me with your best shot. So, our character this week, from all that you've told me, is going to be a Triton Rogue. Ooh. Right? Now, our Triton Rogue, um, basically there's like this council of maybe like sea elves, something like that. And um, they've uh, they've got like a high council and they sort of govern the coasts and in one of these units there's this triton rogue and no one knows he's a triton rogue everyone thinks he's just a peculiar looking elf because hey tritons have been extinct for millennia so one day they're excavating some ruins and they find this artifact and they find this temple and something's been stolen right and our boy's like oh shit this isn't what they think it is, and has to reveal himself and say, hey, actually... Oh, so he Tritons... knows he's a Triton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tritons have been around for a while. I'm the member of a secret order sent from the sea to land to protect you, so fall into line, because shit's about to get heavy if you don't do exactly what I say. By the way, I'm calling in my boys to help us out. Mm. So there's a bit of intrigue, and then, plot twist, his boys get here... Right, yeah. and sort of say, oh bloody hell, living on the seas turned you weak. This was ours. We're going to flood all this shit, and we're going to turn it into Triton City population billions. You have no idea how much they've been getting it on back on the plane of water. So this is what's happening. And he's like, oh no, my adopted home versus my natural home. Nice, I like that. Boom. That's a good. Yeah, I like that. That's a great, great. Um, it's more of a story hook. Than a character, I realise, but I quite like no, it. No, but that's fine. What you're do- what you're doing there is you is your your you're you're now DMing there, Sam. That's what you're doing. Na da da da. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Should we play? What's that spell? Do it. Do the spell. Right, do the jingle. What's that spell? What's that spell? What's that spell? What's my spell? <laughs> okay, Sam. You ready? Always ready. Born ready. Planar ally. 
Um, <laughs> say it again. Planar ally. Planar. Is that what you're saying? Is that the first word? Yes. Planar ally. Uh, it summons a creature from any one of the planes to fight and protect for you. Ding! Really? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Get on that. Very good. So, um, they they do do that. However, there is a slight do, do. caveat to this. Okay. So, you're, you do summon a creature from an, an elemental plane of existence. Sorry, not an elemental plane of existence. A plane of existence. So, this could be uh, from the Nine Hells, from, you know, various places around, as well as, obviously, fire, water, element, air, whatever. But, basically, mm -hmm. they turn up, and they also want payment as well. So, you're kind okay, of going, cool. like... Come here, and they go. All right, I'm here. Give me a thousand gold a day, and I'll fight for you. Or you could just, if he's from the plane of fire, just give him a box of matches. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, something that they want in return. Because you're okay. basically dealing, you're you're creating an ally, not a servant. Who decides what they want or what they get um, in return? The DM does. Ooh, okay. Well, actually, to be fair, so it's. It says here, as a rule of thumb, a task can be measured in minutes, and it requires payment worth 100 gold pieces per minute. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, a task, measured, a task measured in hours requires 1,000 gold pieces per hour, and a task measured in days, up to 10 days, uh, requires 10,000 gold pieces per, per day. So, <clears throat> there is a law of, you know, not diminishing, actually positive returns so if you go like i need an hour's work rather than a minute's work that is going to be better value but your dm can also if you have something that potentially you know that that fiendish element likes a dm could kind of use it as a point of mm -hmm. you get my meaning like maybe yeah, you summon, you you summon a, a fey a fey chap to turn up and you're like right i need you to de deliver this message you summon a, a quickling, right? Which is a small fey being. They're blue. They run incredibly fast. And you, you use them as a messenger. He turns out likes uh, bread that's been soaked in milk with a spot of human blood on it. And that's all that he wants <laughs> to paint. Maybe. But couldn't you just, like, summon him and say, right, go and kill all them. Yeah, I'll pay at the end, promise. And he comes back covered in blood. And then you just get your mate to bonk him on the head. Yeah, theoretically. But then you're, you're into a scrap. You know, yeah, it, but... it, you try and do that to, like, a Baylor, which is a, a giant demon. You, are you yeah. going to have some problems? Um, all right, next up we have... Hunter's Mark. This is a great spell, actually. You mark something, and you do extra damage to it. Okay, can I get a description without using any of the words that actually are part of the spell title? Right, you... You put... Just because I'm going to get it right and you don't like me winning... No, you bloody can't. That's what you do. You mark it and then you do extra damage if you're some class. <laughs> Why is it um, when we do this feature, it sounds like I don't do the rest of the show? I know. You've got 0.75 of a, of a mark there. Mm, round that up, so two out of two at the minute. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you can do that. So yes, you choose a creature you can see within range, and you do an extra 1d6 uh, on that thing. Uh, you also, I think, I believe, 
you also know where it is as well. So if it starts running off, you kind of get a, a, a vibe on where yeah, it's actually okay. gone, provided it stays on the same plane of existence. Um, last one. Go on. Three for three. Coming up. Ooh, baby. Here we go. One, two, three. Finger of death. Well, I mean, it can't be what I think it is. Is it <laughs> you touch something with one finger and it and it instantly it does like a load of damage, but you have to get close enough to lay fingers on it or something? Point five. Okay, well, two and a half or two point seven five, whatever so, I've got out of three. You're eight, so man. close, you send negative energy coursing <laughs> through a creature you can see within range, which is sixty feet. So you're actually Ooh. just pointing at it and going zap. Um, That's so useful. Yeah, it takes 78 plus 30 necrotic damage on a oh, fail shit. table, half as much as on a successful one. It is a level 7 spell, so it is going to be yeah, a, big, a, a big baddie. Um, so yeah, that's basically just a, a, a big hitting, nice, dirty spell there. Wicked. Should we bring the show to a kiddy kiddy close? Let's wrap it up, buddy. Uh, I've forgotten what we do to wrap stuff up. You, well, you go, I go, what do we do? We put it at the beginning of the show, didn't we? We'll edit this out. Forget it. Okay, yeah, obviously. <coughs> uh, okay, I've got it. I've got it. I'll bring it in. Three, two, one. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show and taking a deep dive into Tritons. Uh, as always, we've been starter set. Sam, do you want to do some social plugs? No, because we did them at the beginning of the show. Yes, we did. Thank you very Twice much. Twice I said that now. That is. As always, we've been Starter Set. You've been our listeners. Thanks for stopping by. Roll well, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, it's wet, but I can't get it off. <laughs> We're back.